0: Burnt Out Beauty podcast. So, if you're here, you've probably listened to my first episode, um, which was just basically an explanation of what Burnt Out Beauty is, a little bit about myself, and I'm sure there's still a lot more to uncover as we go along, but this is our first kind of official episode, right? We did a little intro. We got to know what this is going to be about, which is a bit of a mess right now. Um, but we like that. I want, I want this to be messy. I don't know where this is going to go. So the refineness, I think, is too much structure for me. I do think, in fact, I need to kind of screw up and just flail a little bit in order for me to really learn. And let's get into that. I'm somebody who it took me my whole life to realize that mistakes are one of the best things you can experience in this life because mistakes help you learn. (laughs) Believe it or not, believe it or not, they help you learn. I never truly understood that because I am a reformed perfectionist. Um, No, that's a lie. That's a lie. I'm certainly not reformed. I have perfectionist tendencies still. I have people pleasing tendencies and I have this extreme conditioning that I'm supposed to be a certain way in our society. And if I'm not that way, then, oh boy, will there be trouble? Will there be some fucking trouble? I'm about to cause havoc if I don't fit a certain mold. Well, guess what? I don't, I don't fit a lot of the molds that I thought I was supposed to. And I spent so long trying to, to find where it is I fit in. And that involved a lot of masking that a lot of, a lot of, um, you know, inaccurate reading of people and trusting people that I probably shouldn't have and feeling vulnerable in spaces that weren't really serving me. Um, and just a lot of heartache, a lot of lessons that were difficult to learn. So mistakes, mistakes happen, right? Now, mistakes as a whole, (laughs) I mean, they're very broad, right? You can make a quick mistake on a math quiz and uh, whatever you got one point off. You're not an idiot, you will eventually learn that math problem. And in in that case, maybe that's how you needed to learn that, you know, 2 plus 2 does equal 4 instead of 2 plus 2 equals 8, whatever the heck be, the error might be, right? But then there's bigger mistakes. There's the mistakes of ruining the potential... Um, of someone's life, or of someone's uh, whatever outcome it might be that may impact someone else. Those are the mistakes. Those are the potential mistakes that keep a lot of us up at night. Like, oh, but if I just didn't do this, then this person wouldn't have had to, you know, go home early, and then they got in that car crash, and it's all because of me. No, 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 no. There's a lot of decisions we make on the daily. There's so many. (laughs) And when you're experiencing something like burnout, which we should probably get into a bit of a definition of, but we'll get there, right? When you're experiencing something like burnout, a mistake in the dwelling of that mistake can not only cause more of that fatigue, that burnout, those symptoms in the body that are basically telling you, like, you are shutting down, (sighs) they can be that intense. So, It's valuable to understand a couple things. And I'll, I'll tell you what, this is, these are things that I have had to learn time and time again, and I'm still learning them. And that's why I'm participating in this right now. That's why I'm just trying something new, because I know that if I don't, if I don't put myself out there, something that I've been thinking of doing for about a year and a half I will regret it. And regret to me is the number one mistake that will hold me back from living my my life the most authentically. Now, what does that mean? What does living your life authentically mean? I am not here to give you the proper definitions of everything. I'm just here to share my experience and why I'm doing this and how this can possibly help anybody that's listening, right? <sighs> To me, living authentically means I can basically live with myself. I listen to my body and what it's telling me and the symptoms can get really, really loud. If I am in a place where I am feeling kind of like misunderstood or even feeling like I am not being heard or just like, it's just not the right environment for me. I tend to have physical symptoms and it's taken me a really long time to, to realize what these physical symptoms mean. And then they usually impact my emotional well being. And it's, it can be something as simple as like, I just kind of feel drained after being around people or in a specific search circumstance um but it can also be as intense as like i lit- like i'm being told to do something that is against what i believe is right and to me that's not living authentically and yes again i know that that is such an overused term but take it from my conversations with my therapist this is one of the few terms that like hits right where it needs to when i'm describing how i'm feeling because if i don't live in that truth. The result is physical sensations with tightening of chest, dizziness, uh, brain fog, and then what comes out of my mouth. What I try to say, what I do speak is this like muffled, mousy, uh, can't get the words out. And that's something that I know I deserve better. I know I deserve more. I don't want to continue to live my life for fear that if I go to a social gathering or if I'm in a professional setting, that I will ugh, stumble so much because I'm in this—I'm out of practice of just being myself, and it's taken some time to really learn who that self is. Like who? What? Who am I? Like what? And it, the, it takes mistakes. It takes going through some trials. It takes unlearning what you thought your life was going to be and those plans you had and realizing that the redirection is something that you really got to trust. My redirection just kept shouting at me like, girl, you have to do this. You have to show up in a space where you feel genuinely uncomfortable because if you step out of your comfort zone, you will find that voice. You will cultivate what you're hoping to. And if you don't, you're still going to learn so many lessons along the way. So making mistakes. How do we cope with them? What do we do? First, my personal opinion is to start listening to your body. Start listening to yourself. It can be as simple as you ate some pizza and the next day your skin started to break out. Wow. Okay. That is a connection there. Do you have to feel bad every single time you eat pizza if your skin breaks out? No. That feeling of attachment of how the result is, is you should have shame over that. No, I'm not here for that. Right. But it is information. It's information that you're getting about yourself through an action that you took. For me, if I'm in a social gathering and I really want to speak up and I really want to say something insightful or funny or I have something to add to whatever the topic of conversation is and I don't say it or I'm too scared to say it, sometimes the physical sensations for me as somebody with chronic people pleasing, chronic burnout, even um, chronic illness, it tends to kind of just sit in my chest, sit in my throat. And then suddenly I can't hear anymore. I can't hear anything. I can't, like, my attention span goes to shit, essentially. So when I am in a place where I feel like I'm burnt out, where I don't have a lot of that sort of confidence to just, like, even if I say something wrong, like, it's okay. I can still say it. And like, I can either correct myself if I, if it just came out wrong or I can get corrected because guess what? Like, maybe I need to, maybe that's the, the way I'm going to learn. But when you're in this burnt out state or in, if you're in a flared state, which is my language for when you feel like your chronic illness has kind of taken over and the pain receptors are on like red, they're like, hey, hey, hey everything is going to feel like shit for a little while and you are out of control of this ride the fucking wave. That's what a flare is. That's my personal definition. And the burnout is usually a, it's a a series of different symptoms that you may experience from not taking care of yourself. And I'm I'm saying this in a non-shameful way because my burnout, for example, is really not necessarily from like, oh, I just never took care of myself because I wanted to not not take care of myself. I, I, I detest myself and I'm going to let myself starve or or not wash myself or whatever the heck it is. No, a lot of those things just kind of come up because I didn't know how or I wasn't listening to symptoms. So something like making a mistake is a great opportunity for you to be able to identify some of those symptoms in your body right? Now, burnout symptoms, we can go over those in a minute. But when you're in a position where you're holding yourself back because you're scared of the possibility of making a mistake and living with that mistake, listen to what your body is telling you, okay? Now, for me, again, as an example, if I'm really feeling it, I might also flush. I might get a rash. I might get um, sweaty, those symptoms in my body are actively communicating that my nervous system is dysregulated. It's being dysregulated. And it is essentially telling me, uh, you got to do something about this. You either have to go from this fight or flight state to your rest and digest. Maybe that means that I'm not ready. I got to go sit in a room and meditate and just rest, breathe, kind of like figure out the active ways to get myself not feeling those symptoms. But a lot of the times we get those fight or flight symptoms, those sort of like body connection and and signals because we are not practiced enough in those situations where we can speak up or we can uh, utilize our voice or add to a conversation or feel comfortable in social settings. Now, for me, like many other people, (laughs) I coped with a lot of that sort of sensation, that just uncomfortable sensation of like my chest is tightening up. I I feel like I'm going to say the wrong thing anyway. So I'm just going to, I'm going to get high. I'm going to drink. I'm going to completely zone out and dissociate and numb myself in order to find that comfort again, to be able to share. And, and yeah, I can be really fucking social if I have a drink or two, but it also can bring out some unprocessed things within me that I don't necessarily want to share either. So it's not a perfect system, right? If that's what you do to cope with how you're feeling, by all means, I am in no way a medical professional to tell you what not to do. But I will say I... <laughs> I am a nutritional therapy practitioner. I've been a licensed esthetician that focuses on holistic practices for a long time. There are better things that we can do, but again, it takes exposure to those things to be able to know what they are and possibly how to find those su- that support for yourself. It, I am a prime example of how it's taken me exposure to new things and to new experiences and to make a lot of those mistakes to be able to find the things that the solutions for me the 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 items that make me feel okay again and that make me feel like I can mess up but it's safe too and that's a really privileged state to be in where I've had a lot of opportunity to just like fuck it all up and I could start again you know so so when you're experiencing this feel, this fear, right, uh, this feeling that if you speak up or if you live authentically or if you're about to say what you want to say, but you're really scared of how it's going to be perceived, there is also just the practice of it, right? There is the practice. If you're really nervous about... Going to a dinner party, making a mistake, saying the wrong things, um, coming off in a way that you know isn't really you because you're not really feeling like yourself for whatever reason that day. There are some things that you can do to help kind of get back into your body before you go to these events or whatever it might be so that you can have some of that safety and that, that caution and, and, and maybe just be yourself and not have to have this extra worry in the back of your mind, right? And for me, a lot of the times it involves dancing and singing. So I know this is a podcast. I'm not going to sing for you today, (laughs) maybe in the future. And you obviously, you can't see me dance unless you're watching this on YouTube. But for me, dancing, what that does to help me regulate my nervous system before I go to an event, or maybe even after I come back from something, a social gathering, or a, a strenuous work day when I dance, it moves a lot of those emotions and those unprocessed feelings of the day. And some of that nervousness that my nervous system is holding onto moves it through me. It helps me process. It helps me feel it go from my chest, my throat, my like hands shaking, my mouth, unable to to speak what I want to say. It helps move it out. It's a form of expression but it's also a form of release. It's like crying in a way, a lot to me. Now, maybe you're not a dancer, but possibly you're a singer. Singing is a huge way. And I'm telling you, I spent years in choir and I love singing. I'm a big musical theater nerd and I love pop music. I love music from all eras. You should see my record collection. I love music and I love singing. Singing can really help activate what's called the vagus nerve, which is the largest cranial nerve in the body that can help bring you into a parasympathetic state. That vagus access is really what will help you get into that rest and digest. And oftentimes, especially if you're experiencing difficulty speaking your truth, saying what's on your mind, and you've been kind of like holding a lot of it in, creating this like resistance to that authenticity, singing can really help Let a lot of that go because you have to project, you have to breathe. Breathing is a huge tool that we can talk about on a later episode, but it pushes out what you want to say. And even just the practice of humming, the practice of going, do re mi fa sol la ti do, like whatever it is, giving yourself a sequence of things to kind of rehearse and practice and get you into your body and help your nervous system kind of turn around where we are like, oh, okay. I feel fear because this is what I want to do. And I feel resistance because of the conditioning that I may have that might be holding me back from saying what I really want to say. But also too, I really need to, I, I really need to feel better in order for this to come out. So we have the awareness, like checking in with what your body is telling you and having the resources that work for you. For me, it's, it's dancing and it's singing to help kind of really nurture my nervous system. And then lastly, it's the doing and the doing in and of itself. I think, I don't know who said this. It might have been Will Smith, which I don't know how y'all feel about him still. I don't know. I don't know. I grew up with him. I love him so much, but like that slap at the 2022 Oscars, like is still like that. I think that traumatized a lot of us and I don't use that word lightly. Like I really felt kind of this like horrible pit in my stomach feeling for weeks afterwards. I still feel it. It just was hard to watch that kind of abuse happen between two incredible like black men that I've idolized on such a huge platform. It was just hard. I think, I think we can all relate. That's a different topic. That's a different story. But I think it was Will Smith that says that just like on the other side of fear is like that freedom that we're, we're seeking. If we could just take that step forward, great. We could really resolve a lot, you know, and, and that's all we're really seeking is that, that, that on the other side of fear, what that is really like. So just knowing that you're human and that you're going to fumble your words you're gonna make mistakes. You're going to do those things. That's what makes you part of this human existence. That in and of itself can really unload a lot of that stress we're carrying on our shoulders, just feeling that depth of oh my god, but if I say this and this could happen, and their reactions could be it's a lot of scenarios we're creating, then we're just making them up. So if you find yourself struggling. To get started with something for fear of making mistakes, then you're not living your humanness. You're not going out there and being who you are because you have to, you got to make those mistakes. You got to make those mistakes to learn what your body needs for you to align so that you can actually do the things that your body wants and requires of you to be truly who you are. So. It's tough. It's really tough. I'm going to keep practicing here. So I'd love to hear, you know, maybe comment in um, the details below or just send me a message. What is it that often stops you from just doing the things that you want to do? Right. And maybe that's too, maybe that's too much. Maybe that's too deep of a question. What, what do you typically feel like when you're about to do something that holds you back? is it a physical sensation? Is it a a a? I call it my cringe reel that goes through my head of like all the times I've done things. And I was like, super certain that it was going to go great. And then it falls super flat, like a really bad joke or just like no one hearing me. And I thought that like it was going to be perfectly well-timed and what I had to contribute. Or maybe, I mean, I don't know, maybe this podcast will be part of that cringe reel in a couple years, but right now it feels exactly like what I need to be doing in order to process and move through a lot of my own, um, in, you know, scared inner child feelings of, I can't make mistakes. Mistakes make me less than. They don't. They make me me. They make me human. And guess what? That's how I learn. Oftentimes now, if I, um, quiz myself on something, or I've taken a class, or or I'm just recalling information back to my husband or colleague or something like that. And I get it wrong. And I'm told, no, that's incorrect. Uh, this is the actual truth or whatever it is. I I learn it that way. I need to be wrong sometimes in order for me to know what's right. It's like my mind puts it in the right filing cabinet, <laughs> cabinet if I get it wrong first. So that perfection was really the, the, it killed that part of myself that needed to learn a lot of lessons in life because I was so scared of getting it wrong. I was so scared of making mistakes and of just adding to that cringe reel that is just constantly in some part of my brain telling me I can't do, I can't do, I can't do whatever that was, like that all needs to kind of just sit where it is. It's not going away. I think that's another part about making mistakes and not feeling like, like you can live your authentic self is because it it doesn't, it doesn't go away. Those feelings, those fears, those super intrusive thoughts of like, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. You're stupid. Like those don't go away. They ju- you just learn to, to know that they're not real. You just learn to, oh, okay. All right. Whatever protection my brain is trying to give me right now to prevent me from learning something I need to learn to better myself or to be my most real, authentic, Haley version of myself, like this me now, if I can't just let that go and just know that it doesn't really matter what those thoughts are telling me, this cringe reel, whatever it is, like, It's, it would have stopped me from doing a lot of the cool shit that I got to do in my life so far and that hopefully I get to continue to do. So I'm going to leave you with this, you know, let me know what, how it shows up for you when you're about to do something, but you hold yourself back and you don't feel like you can truly be you because hopefully if you share this with me, I can put a mirror up to your face and be like, Oh, hi, you're human. All of those feelings are so real and they're, they're, I want to validate you that these things are, are really common and I see it so much with my clients and I see it so much within my community of like, we just hold ourselves back, but mostly just through my own experience of holding myself back for fear of not being perfect. And that, my friends, is one of the biggest culprits of burnout. It's going to make your brain fog the heck up. It's going to make anyone with chronic illness just feel tied to their heating pad (laughs) and not want to go anywhere. And life is not meant to happen to you in that way. Like life can come from you, your existence, your being, what you put out into the world. Even if you are limited because of an illness or because of your current stressful circumstances. Life is always evolving and there's always an opportunity that could present itself. You just have to keep practicing and finding what it is that holds you back from feeling free to be yourself. So yeah, I hope you learned something and I hope this was insightful and I'll see you on the next episode. Uh, where we'll talk about a bunch of different things and and yeah, mm. ah, I'm so scared that none of this made sense. But if it does, great. <laughs> I'll see you in the next one. All right. Bye, loves.